The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. This is the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. He is right. It is. 7.06 is the time. We are ready to go. We hope you are as well. Myself, Skulls here, and Andrew Goldberg uh, bringing on the phone calls. That is your job. Very simple. Ask some questions. Get some answers. 416-870-6400. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And any time of day at all, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is the website to go to. And if you go to employmentlawyer.ca, we'll catch links to our uh, TV show on both Global TV and CTV in the weekend mornings as well. So have at her anytime you like. Everything you need to know about forced resignations, that is coming in between your phone calls, the topic for the day, that and some emails as well. But first, the week that was, my brother, what do you got going on? Hi, John. So, well, the week that was, this Mm -hmm. uh, story is more like the year that was at this point. But I was contacted uh, yesterday by um, on the weekend, which was nice, by a senior level manager. He had worked 10 years for his employer. And like many people who are listening right now, he's been on a layoff due to COVID since yeah. April. And he's reached out to his employer many times, tried phone calls, emails, asking when he's going to be returned to work, never gets an answer. And he's concerned because he had a team of employees under him and all of those individuals have been recalled back to work and he's aware that they're in fact now reporting to a new manager. And obviously he's pissed off to say the least because he's sitting at home not making any money and not that CERB was enough to cover his bills I'm sure in the first place, but that's coming to an end or at an end now. So his question to me was, you know, how much longer do I have to be off work before being recalled? And that is a question that I have probably received 25 times a week uh, for seven months. Yeah, kidding. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the answer, unfortunately, is if if you don't take legal action, if you don't, you know, retain a lawyer to pursue your severance entitlements, because many of these people, such as this man that I spoke to, uh, they're not, uh, the employer does not have the right to place them on a layoff in the first place. But so you can speak to a lawyer about pursuing your severance. And that's, you know, what we do all the time. And that's what we're doing nonstop right now. But if you sit there and do nothing, it's possible that he won't be recalled to work until September of next year. And for those people listening right now, if you're on a layoff and you do nothing about it, you could be off till September. So it's a very scary time. I'm sure I will get 15 to 20 more calls that are nearly identical to this this week. And, you know, that's what we're dealing with. 416-870-6400 is the uh, way to reach out. You got something else to cover? You want to move on? Uh, we can move on. I think we should get into okay. a lot, lot to talk, sure. uh, cover today. So you bet. We'll we'll uh, we'll do exactly that in between your phone calls. Yeah, we are live here and ready to take those calls when you want to grab a phone and think of a question to ask. Bring it on. Everything you need to know about forced resignations. Uh, well, we'll start here. What is a real resignation? And does one get severance if they resign? Is there ever that case? Yeah, no. So it's a good point. It's it's funny that you have to mention what is a real resignation. There yeah. should only be a resignation or not. But to your point, a real resignation is when someone voluntarily on their own accord decides to leave their job. So mm-hmm. oftentimes 
people retire, they get older and they say, oh, I'm done working I, and I want to retire. That's a very standard reason to resign. Or perhaps there's other opportunities you want to seek and, you know, start your own company, work somewhere else. And, you know, you decide on your own without feeling forced at all uh, that you want to leave your job and you make that decision. And if you do make that decision, you absolutely do not get any severance whatsoever. What happens if an employer is told resign or else, you know, I'll expect your resignation on my desk, you know, Friday at four. What do you think about that? Well, that happens more often than you'd, you'd like to think. But uh, yeah, I mean, employers, again, you know, many actions of employers are to circumvent their obligation to pay severance. They don't want to pay severance. They're aware that if the employee resigns, they can say, oh, they resigned. I don't owe them severance. So let's try to bully them into resigning, right? So if an employer comes to you and says, listen, you need to resign or else, I mean, whatever threat follows, you should say, absolutely not. I am not resigning. Do not resign. You have no reason to resign. You cannot be forced to resign and just put it on them. If they don't want you there and they want to end your employment, let them terminate you. That way you can preserve your right to severance and there's no confusion. So if you feel compelled to resign from your job in any way, shape or form, simply say no. You don't have to do it. Like I said at the outset of this uh, segment, it's a voluntary thing, a real resignation. So if you're forced to resign, you can very, very much say no to that uh, proposition, and you should. Everything you need to know about forced resignations is what we're talking about in between your phone calls, 416-870-6400 is that number. So is it better to have resigned than to have been let go? Because I know uh, you've heard this so many, countless times when you get phone calls, people saying, you know what, I think I think I should, I've been told to resign or I think I should resign because if I'm let go, it'll be on my permanent record that I was fired. So it's better to be, uh, re it's better to resign under my own accord so I don't look bad. You know what I mean? Do you get that a lot too? I, I do because, I mean, there's pros and cons, I suppose, mm -hmm. of each resigning and being let go. Um, many people think it's better to resign because you can save face. You don't have to tell your family and friends or, you know, a future employer that you were let go. But again, if you resign, you do, you're foregoing tons of severance. So there are many people out there, especially those, you know, later in their careers and their maybe early sixties that don't really plan on working much longer anyway. It is far better to be let go. You can pay, get paid, you know, tons of severance, theoretically a year and a half, two years of severance and enjoy it. Enjoy your life. Get paid, go home, live your life. Who cares? Right. So, you know, it doesn't really go. There's no, you know, formal database out there that a, a prospective employer can see, oh, this person was let go. And, you know, oftentimes uh, people are let go for legitimate reasons, restructuring or, you know, shortage of work, especially right now during COVID. You can say, look, oh, you know, COVID was bad. My employer was letting people go. I was a victim of that. And, you know, it's not a personal attack or anything like that. So, you know, I think in a lot of ways, being let go is a hell of a lot better than resigning, um, other than maybe some optic reasons that I don't think are worth the trade-off, quite frankly. And this whole thing with a permanent record, that doesn't exist. People think there's some, you know, big archive uh, that you've been let go and all that thing that will show up for the rest of your life. It's It's not the case, is it? No, it's not the case at all. I had someone call me today and they were let go and they said, well, as part of a negotiation, I want to mm -hmm. have that decision reversed. And I said, I don't even know what that really means. There's it, no one's going to see this decision. Um, yeah. it, you know, 
future employers, there's no record of yours out there that shows, oh, this person was let go for reasons A, B, and C from these jobs throughout their life. Right. It doesn't exist. It's for sure a, a myth and not something that anyone should really worry about at all. 416-870-6400 is the way. Ian, thanks for standing by. Good evening. How are you? Not bad. I just want to ask you something. I have uh, someone I'm working for that's holding out money uh, for me and only pays uh, when I start a next job for him. And uh, instead of getting paid weekly or biweekly, he just keeps holding off my money out and basically uh, extorting me to come to work for the next job and then decides to pay me whenever, whenever he wants. And, and how many hours did you work a consistent schedule with this employer? At times, yes. At times, no. But like, it, it's just crazy. It's just it's ludicrous, you know. Yeah, I and, agree. And t- I agree. Yeah. That's that's to call us uh, uh, call us contractors. Like we're not contractors. We don't have a GST number. We don't have a a, com- a company in our, in our name. Nothing whatsoever. Yeah, that's definitely problematic. I mean, that's what I was driving at. I had a suspicion that maybe he was. They call you guys contractors if you're paid by the job. But, I mean, look, at the end of the day, if you perform the work and you perform the duties, your employer can absolutely not tie your pay for that work performed to your your agreement to another job, right? So not only could you have, for sure, have a claim against your employer. I mean, if you want to refuse a job and stop working for this individual because you don't trust them anymore, you're still entitled to the pay that you're owed. There's no question asked, but you might be able to, I mean, if we can establish that you're actually an employee, if you work most of your hours, if not all of your hours with this employer, you get all of your money from them, you're on the payroll, they control what you do and when, you might have a claim for a, a wrongful dismissal because how can you trust this employer anymore? So not only may you be entitled to your wages that are outstanding, but also potentially severance as well. And, uh, you know, this is something we would need further detail from you to kind of really get to the bottom of of what your entitlements would be and, and, you know, what how to act accordingly. So before you do anything on your own, I would recommend uh, giving us a call. John will will shoot you our number and uh, and happy to set you up with one of our lawyers and we can talk further about what you're able to do. OK, thank you very much. You're very Thanks, welcome. Ian. Appreciate that. And here is that number to reach out, one 821 5900 Again, one 821 5900 Email address, help at employmentlawyer.ca is the way you want to uh, way you want to do that. Talking about forced resignations here, let me get to another talking point. How does someone prove that they were forced to resign if it was uh, you know, a verbal or is there some other record they can use? It's that's it, actually a great question. It's very hard to do. I mean, uh, we talked about earlier that oftentimes employers will try to force their employees to resign to avoid paying them severance, especially longer term employees. And a lot of that is subtle. A lot of that is, you know, treating that person poorly, leaving them out, ostracizing them, bullying them, harassing them to some degree. And it's not well documented. And, and that's something we see all the time. So if you're an individual in a workplace and you feel that you're being forced out based on you know your treatment um, and things that are going on with you, it's very important that you as the employee begin to document these concerns. So number one, keep a log of what's going on 
you know, independently on your own. But number two, if things are happening to you in the workplace that are problematic, send an email to human resources, send an email to your manager and, and make sure you, you document it, you table it, you say, look, A, B and C happened today at work. Uh, you know, um, Julia bullied me, was calling me names, you know, everyone out, you know, was invited to this work lunch or I'm always the one that's not invited or blah, 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 whatever the case might be. Send emails to someone at the company, HR, a manager, document it because you can rely on these later to establish, you know, these things are actually going on in the workplace when the employer inevitably tries to deny that these things happen. Let's take a short break, man. We'll get to uh, more of that topic and your phone calls as well. 416-870-6400. That's the number to call in and talk to Andrew here live on air. Email help at employmentlawyer.ca and always pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll continue. Employment Law Show right here, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. Welcome back. Indeed, it is 721. Still lots of time for you to call through, ask your questions. Bring it on, 416-870-6400. Andrew is here to answer those calls. The email is help at employmentlawyer.ca, and we'll uh, wrap up. Our last question with the in regard to everything you need to know about forced resignations. What if an employee resigns because something happened in the workplace that made it difficult to continue working? Bad boss, bad employees, uh, harassment, maybe poison workplace. Just doesn't like it anymore. What do you think? So, you know, at, at the beginning of the show, we talked about, you know, if you resign voluntarily, if you resign on your own, nothing bad happened in the workplace, you don't get any severance. Yep. And if you're fired from your job and there's no re real reason for the firing, maybe it's a restructuring and there's no cause, you do get your severance. But what the what the courts and, and the laws done in Ontario is they've recognized a situation where if an employee resigns, not because they want to, but because they are mistreated at work, and like you said, maybe there's hostility, a poisoned work environment, harassment, discrimination, you know, they have medical issues, they're not being accommodated, so they feel no choice but to leave their job. If that's the case, then they can claim something called a constructive dismissal, mm -hmm. which will be treated the exact same way as a termination, and that individual will be entitled to severance. So if you feel forced to resign and an employee resigns because they're forced to because of something like a poison work environment, then that individual has a right to a severance package. 416-870-6400. That is the number we use and you use to call through, ask your questions, get a little bit of knowledge. Uh, Gabrillo, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you good. for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Uh... My wife is uh, still working, and she is uh, uh, almost 67. And if she resigns, is she eligible for, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, for severance? Okay. Yeah. So... 
It's Gabrielo, correct? Yes. Okay. So, and your wife, she wants to leave strictly because she's she's getting up in age and, and isn't interested in working. She essentially wants to retire? No, if she wants to retire, she's still working, but yeah, she's having half the time at uh, work. So, but she's eligible to retire. But my question is, can, is she uh, eligible for severance pay? If she simply retires because she's getting older and, and isn't interested in working anymore and just wants to retire from her job, she will not be entitled to severance pay, no. Oh. Unfortunately. You're, you're in that situation. If you leave your job, if your wife leaves her job because she simply just wants to at this stage of her life, uh, you know, I, I understand it's it's not great and you'd rather have money in your pocket but if she makes that decision to leave her job she would not be entitled to severance from her employer okay how about if they now we have to uh resign or you are uh, you are over 65 and uh if they let her go is she uh, eligible for uh, a severance pay so, sorry, how is that question any different than your first question? Well, I, I, it sounds like he's, he's asking if she's 65 because she's over 65 and they let her go, does she get severance pay? But, I mean, they can't do that. It's yeah. illegal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. If, if, if they let her go, sorry I missed that, Gabrilo, but if, if they let her go, if they, yeah, thank you. If they let her go because she's 65 and they make that decision, then, of course, not only uh, would they would she be entitled to severance because they made the decision to let her go? But if it was in part due to her age, that's also discrimination. You cannot terminate someone's employment because they're 65, because they're getting older. That is age discrimination. So she could be entitled to additional human rights damages on top of her severance. So that would be a huge problem if they did that. Definitely. She would, have, she would be owed, I'm sure, quite a bit of money. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. You're very You're welcome. welcome, Gabrielo. Appreciate uh, appreciate you stopping by and asking your question. You want to do that as well. You can do it. That's how easy it is. 416-870-6400. 416-870-6400. Moving on to situations that trigger employment law disputes. Here we go. When an employer, an employer, resorts to termination for cause much too soon, we refer to it as pulling the trigger before they should, right? Yeah, for sure. So for those, uh, I'm sure most listeners are aware, but to, to preface it, I mean, when you're terminated for cause, that means your employer is essentially taking a position that you did something wrong. You, you know, you were guilty of some sort of wrongdoing that justifies your termination, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe your behavior, um, you know, some kind of conduct or treatment of others, whatever the case might be, poor performance, your employer is trying to say, listen, we have a reason to let you go. So we're firing you for cause. And um, when you get fired for cause, you don't get a severance if there's actually cause. But as we've discussed numerous times on the show, it's very hard to establish that there's just cause for termination. And part of establishing that there's just cause for termination is something called progressive discipline. So in order to establish as an employer that you have cause, um, you have to, you know, have a paper trail of giving warnings, giving, you know, 
subsequent warnings, telling that employee, by the way, you did this wrong, you're doing that wrong and the other, and give them an opportunity to kind of redeem themselves or change the behavior. So one of the vital mistakes an employer often makes in trying to allege cause is they don't paper that. They don't discipline prior to the termination. They just, like you said, pull the trigger. And if an employer does pull the trigger, it's very unlikely they'll establish that there was just cause and, and that individual would very, very likely be entitled to their severance. Situations that trigger employment law disputes when an employer tries to call somebody an independent contractor to save money. How many people are under this banner not knowing that it's incorrect on both sides, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, you're right. I think it's a great point where a lot of times you can tell an employer knows what they're doing by misclassifying someone as an independent contractor, but some small employers out there have legitimately no idea, you know. Um, some employees prefer being classified, so to speak, as an independent contractor because taxes aren't taken off at source on your pay and, and you deal with that on your own and you can expense things and yada, yada, yada. There could be some positive tax implications. But when an employer, mis you know, oftentimes people are called independent contractors at law that has zero bearing on whether you're actually an independent contractor. So, uh, uh, you know, a judge or a court theoretically would look at the employment relationship as a whole. They'd look at, you know, you as an employee, do you, you know, put forward all your hours in a week to this one employer? Are you economically dependent on them? Do they control what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis? What your hours are? If those things exist, it doesn't matter that you're called an independent contractor. It also doesn't matter that you might get paid through a company, through an HST account. Neither of those things are relevant. If the relationship looks like you're an employee, um, then you're an employee. And if an employer lets you go as a so-called independent contractor on paper, you very likely have a claim for severance uh, being misclassified. And we see that all the time. Um, people being classified as an independent contractor so that when an employer lets them go, they can uh, not pay them severance or they can avoid paying them overtime pay or vacation pay or other things traditional employees are entitled to. So, you know, there's all kinds of employment law disputes relevant to the classification of an individual as a contractor. And by the way, if you're confused still, you want a little more information about that, there is a section of pocketemploymentlawyer.ca uh, which deals exactly with that. Are you an independent contractor? Check out the checklist over there. And you may be a, a little bit surprised with the outcome. 416-870-6400 is the number. Sharon, thanks for, uh, thanks for spending part of your evening with us. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. I hope everybody's staying safe. I'm yeah, a part-time part-time merchandiser. I'm 77 years old. I'll make it like sort of not like I'll try to compress it. <laughs> That's okay. I work with this product. I put it out. It's in uh, stores that, you know, there's a lot of people that are ill coming and going in these stores sometimes. Anyway, I, I, I worked the last day, March the 13th. It was Friday the 13th. The next week I had X number of hours and I said I was afraid to go in because they had declared what was happening because I'm old and really... Uh, I just didn't want to go in, and mm -hmm. so, and I've been on. A, they put me on a leave of absence, and then anyway, my bosses called me and said the leave of absence, you know, can no longer be. And I got a priority post letter, and it said at the very bottom, if I they, I, they would say I abandon my job. 
I'm telling you, I have worked all my life on basically minimum wage jobs. All you young people, get an education, okay? Get yourself an education. You don't have to work for minimum wage all your life. I don't, it pays my house taxes because I still have a house. And if I say minimum wage all my life, I looked after my children. I never asked for anything. I don't, I like to work. I like people. I, I honestly and truly, I, customers come in and they know me and they say hi. And I really like that interaction. And I, quite frankly, I need the money. If you live on old age pension, and if you've never had a good job, you don't get a big Canada pension either, dear. Yeah. But I'm not complaining. My chicken lasts me all week. It's chicken. It's chicken sandwiches, and then it becomes chicken soup. So I have. I'm not complaining. I'm happy. So what's your? Uh, you got a basic question for uh, for well, Andrew? Well, well, can they say I abandoned my job because I'm not? I was supposed to send them and say that I either retire or I, uh, what's the other, it's an R word, resign, resign or retire. They want that information within two weeks. And I got this priority post letter. Okay. So, so Sharon, yes. thank you for, first of all, thank you for calling. Okay. Thank you oh, for helping. Okay. Um, so here's the thing, and, and this is kind of the not so fun part about the whole pandemic. Okay. Like, Obviously, I sympathize with you and everyone would sympathize with you at your age. You're concerned about the, you know, your health and your exposure to COVID-19. And, you know, I'm sure most people would understand why you don't want to go to work. Okay. But the problem is that, unfortunately, you do not have an inherent right not to work simply because you're concerned about getting COVID-19. That's not going to be enough. Okay. I wish it was for you. But the way the law is right now, it's not enough, okay? So what I would recommend that you do is if you have legitimate health concerns, like maybe you have some kind of health concerns you're worried about in particular, go see your doctor. See if your doctor will give you a note um, confirming that you're unable to be at work right now physically because of the risks associated with COVID-19 or for medical reasons or whatever, Okay. Well, give, give that note to the employer and say, I am not at all abandoning my job. I'm not resigning. I'm not retiring. Here's a doctor's note that says I'm unable to work for medical reasons. Once I am able to return to work, I will do so. Okay. Well, I, I am also a, a type two diabetic. My thyroid, I have, my thyroid doesn't work. I'm in really bad shape, and I had uh, a contact lens, not a, a lens that had been put in for con uh, cataracts way back 25 years ago, and it was floating in my eye. And I finally got in on the 25th of August, and I did tell him. The doctor said I couldn't, you know, I couldn't go back for six to eight weeks, and then I just did a doctor's appointment. He told me I, there could be no heavy lifting. Well, sometimes these boxes, because they have paper product in them, there I weighed, I had them weigh them one time. I can barely lift them, dear. I mean, okay, I usually have a customer that says, I say, are you, do you feel strong? And they say, yes. I usually mm -hmm. find a man, and then they lift it up to the shopping cart for me. So that, you know what I'm saying? But I yep. don't want to lose my eye. So, Sharon. Yes? Okay, I'm going to go back to my first point, okay? Okay, the doctor, okay. The doctor. Go to the doctor. So one of two things can happen, okay? Your doctor is going to make his or her own mind up as they're professionals. I'm not a doctor. Right. You're not a doctor. I can't right. tell you if you can work or not work. You can't say right. for medically certain reasons if you can work or not work. You go to your doctor. 
you find out from your doctor if he or she agrees that you should not be working, okay? And if that's the case, get the note, give it to your employer, say, I can't work. If there's other restrictions or limitations that you might have, like not being able to lift boxes, things like that, and your doctor agrees, get your doctor to put those in a note to the employer, and the employer would have a duty to accommodate those restrictions. So go go work with that, start there, and if uh, your employer maintains a position you've abandoned your job, that would be treated as a termination. Appreciate sharing. You want to uh, reach out after all that's done for more information now, one 821 5900 Abraham, thanks for hanging on. How are you? Hello. I'm okay. How are you? Good. What's uh, what's your question? Um, <clears throat> in, uh, I work for this company. I'm a truck driver. I drive between Toronto and Montreal. And um, I worked for this company for 30 years. And... Uh, in December, they sold the company to another company, bought it, and uh, the, the speed of the truck, they sold with 105, that's how uh, we run the truck. So the new company came in February, they cut the speed to 95 kilometers an hour. So now it takes me uh, an extra hour to go to Montreal, extra hour to come back. Uh, they didn't want to pay all the hours in Montreal that we're working. I couldn't check my pain anymore because... Uh, how they they put the um, the hours in there and the hours and the miles out. I couldn't I couldn't check. So in, in July I quit I quit. I told them I can I can't work in there no more. So I I wonder if I can get severance uh, pay. So so Abraham, um, what, in so many words, very high generally, you experienced the loss of earnings because the new employer changed some of the ways that you worked or that you drove, yeah. and, the, and they changed they didn't hours. pay you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, very quickly, what percentage of a pay cut did you experience, roughly, gener- like very roughly? It's, yeah, it's different in, in between the time that you. That you uh, uh, like some day could be five hours a trip, some day could be three hours a trip, and uh, so it's, I do three trips a week. So maybe I don't know, ten hours, twelve hours. So fifteen percent, twenty percent, something like that. Uh, I don't know. I, uh, okay, well, 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 Abraham. Regardless, if you want, give us a call. Okay, uh-huh. if if they if they change the way that you had to do your work, such that you experienced what you know a significant pay cut, that you're going to have to figure out how much that is, and you're going to have to call, talk to one of our lawyers, and really get to the bottom of uh, how big the cut was. But if you did experience a pay cut, then you can treat that potentially as what's called a constructive dismissal, that they didn't have the right to do that. And and it is possible, definitely, that you can pursue your severance. So, you know, again, you need to iron out the details. Give us a call. We'd be happy to help. Abraham, appreciate it. Here is that number again, one 821 5900 Still got some time here on air. And, Stephen, you're up. Good evening. Yes, good evening. I had a question. Is there a difference between a contract employee and an independent contractor, where somebody's asked me for advice, where they're going from one firm to another, where basically the client, they're bringing their clients with them, and the, this new firm is asking, or until they decide that uh, there's a, um, um, a mutual life for each other, that they'll be treating him, uh, treating this person as an, uh, 
as a uh, contract employee, and but they've asked them to have a GST number and so forth. Yeah, so what it sounds like, I, I mean, I think there's a few ideas being conflated here, but what it sounds like is they want to treat this person as an independent contractor being, you know, not an employee. And, and that's obviously what they're setting up with the HST number so that if they don't like this person in the job, they can get rid of them, you know, without the ter regular terms that an employee would be entitled to, you know, like their severance and things of that nature. A contracted employee, I suppose, would be someone who's you know, if you're an employee, I don't think the employer is taking a different position, but rather than have an indefinite length contract, so a contract until you're fired or until you resign, it's for a fixed term. So that would be part. Go ahead. But all the billings, because they're bringing the clients uh, per se, but the, all the billings will be put through the big company for, uh, name, basically, as opposed to her independent name. Does that make any difference? Yeah, it sounds like this person's likely an employee. If they're coming to this company, I mean, if this person was truly an independent contractor, they could just do what they're doing on their own. They don't even need the company. But if they're coming to this company and, and they're billing through the company and working full-time for this company, it doesn't matter that the company's trying to call her an independent contractor. What matters is the relationship in and of itself. But you could see what they're doing is they're trying to set it up so that if they don't like her, they can just let her go, not worry about severance, not worry about any other obligations. Right, but she does, she's the one who says, I don't want to be a principal in the firm yet because I want to see if there's a uh, something that I can like there. Okay, well, I mean, it, it sounds like she needs a bit of advice as to how to, you know, navigate this uh, uh, situation. I, You know, again, this is something we do all the time. And uh, if she wants help just negotiating, you know, what the relationship is going to look like, she's welcome to give us a call and do that. But... Mm -hmm. You know, in all likelihood, the way it sounds right now, if she's not going to be a principal of this new company, it sounds like she's just going to be an employee. Oh, you know, I, 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 I... You would call yeah. that an employee. Pardon me? She would be called an employee, basically, you're saying. Well, she might not be called it. It looks like they're not trying to call it call her an employee at all. Um, but for the purpose of employment law, uh, she would be treated as an employee. But it looks like what they're trying to do is circumvent that and get around that. So mm -hmm. she should have this looked at, uh, you know, sometimes if you worry, if you deal with things at the front end, it might cost a couple bucks, but she's going to save herself a boatload of money and headaches in the long run. So tell her to give us a call. Uh, like always, John will throw out the number. Uh, we'd be happy to help. Stephen, appreciate your time tonight. Let's uh, get to an email here with our last couple minutes. Casey chimes in, says, guys, I've worked for the same company for the last 11 years as a salesman. Last week, I was called into a meeting and given a new employment contract to sign. The VP said that the company wanted to give my team a $400 bonus for all the hard work we have been doing during the pandemic, but they could only do this if we signed new contracts. Seems like a pretty sweet deal to me. Is there anything I should be worried about? I've never signed a contract before and would prefer not to spend money on having a lawyer review it. <laughs> well, well, yeah, for sure. I mean, Casey should be uh, very concerned because, um, you know, 
it's what it sounds like to me is they're giving him this four hundred dollars not for the pandemic or not for the hard work, but they're giving him the four hundred dollars to render this contract enforceable. I mean, something we talk about on the show all the time is if you sign a contract and don't get anything in return, then the contract is unenforceable. So what they're trying to do is pretty smartly and deceptively tell them, oh, we're giving you this $400 bonus for pandemic pay, I guess, or whatever. But really, I if I if I had to guess and I reviewed this contract, there would be a lot of negative terms within this contract. Maybe it gives them the right to lay Casey off, give him a much reduced severance pay, the right to change his hours, change his duties, all kinds of things that he's not interested in, and uh, well worth the four hundred dollars for uh, the company to do this. So, I think Casey should. Uh, definitely have this reviewed because who knows, you know, at, at this stage without seeing it, I can't tell you what he's signing off, but this is something I see every day and I can almost guarantee that he'll be giving up a lot by signing this thing. Casey, appreciate the, uh, appreciate the letter. We're going to wrap it up there for the, uh, the evening. And if you want to reach out to Andrew, now that we are done for this particular show, simple, it is a one eight five five. 821-5900. That is the number. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And anytime you need more information on employment law in general, there's a lot of it to be had and explored at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. So we'll leave it there. Back in here Wednesday night. And don't uh, forget, you can catch uh, Employment Law Show on TV, uh, Global TV, and CTV on your weekend mornings as well. We're there for that one. Stick around, though. On Points coming right back with Alex Pearson. It's here. Uh, uh, pardon me, on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio.